Ask the podcast coach for August 12th, 2017. Let's get ready to podcast. Oh, if that music doesn't get you up and going, what does? You're dead. Check your pulse. Welcome to Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. That's my thing, I guess. I have to say live. And uh, I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting.com. Joining me right over there is the one and only Jim Cullison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. I'll count here 42, 43. Yes, I do have a pulse. Excited to be here this morning for Ask the Podcast Coach. What's the little thing you say on your show? There's, there's like a little... Isn't there like a thing and you, you kind of say it in a certain, certain tone of voice? Oh, yeah. Well, the whole intro is scripted that way. And it's funny that you asked me that. And now I'm kind of like, okay, what is, uh, this is the Average Guy Network and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, that one. So I do that and you have found. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? It's, it's interesting. I, I get, we've talked about this a bunch before, but I get a lot of feedback on those consistent openings and closings. And I was just going back, you know, we did that conference a couple of weeks ago. I had a couple thousand where we broadcasted live. And the, I was just sitting in the audio and video editing room on Friday with my, with my editor. And he had cleaned it up some. And it was fun to listen to it again. And when I went into the, when I went into the intro, when I started my Gallup intro, they started cheering. And I had kind of forgotten about that. Like I, you know, you're, you're so in the moment, you don't remember those things. And so it just highlighted the power, I think, of a consistent opening. And I've toyed around with just dropping that whole thing all together. Like it takes me uh, 50 seconds, maybe 45, 50 seconds to get past all that stuff. And lately in the Facebook groups, there's been a lot of talk about intros, like they're too long and you need to drop them. I think, Dave, you've maybe even been in that conversation. And, and so I've been thinking about it a lot. And then you have a moment like that where the audience responds it's a little Pavlovian effect and you kind of go, mm, maybe it's important that I have a good solid, it shouldn't take forever, but I should have a good solid intro. So I don't know. I go back and forth. What do you think? Uh, well, I'm with you on that. I, I listen to a lot of intros of shows and I'm always amazed. The one that always gets me is the length of intro music with no voiceover whatsoever. It's boom, boom, and I'm like, I'm waiting right on that beat to have somebody go, welcome to the, and you're like, okay, really? Anytime now? And like, okay. You know, and then finally they come on. And my favorite is um, the, in, it's the person who hasn't figured out how to fade out music yet. So it's this really long thing. And the reason it's really long is they haven't figured out how to, make it fade out. So all of a sudden it's like, then it just stops. It's like, then they go, welcome to the Dave and Jim show. I'm, I'm Dave, you know? And it's like, wow, you could have, you know, and and it just, it's like, okay, cool. Here's somebody who's fresh out of the pan, you know, but. And you got to say, keep working on that. Right. That's one of those. But what do you think, what, what do you think is that appropriate? The music to voice? Cause I'm with you on this. I think, Everybody loves their music and they just want to hear it play. But I think, you know, three seconds is too short, but what's the, what do you think is, is it, and I know, you know, it depends on the music and some of those things, but so mine's it. And because I do it every week, mine is exactly 17 seconds before I come in vocally. So I know from the time the music starts to 17 seconds, that's what I know. What do you think, what what would you recommend on the ranges of when do you want people? Is it 10? Is it 20? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I would say five to ten because if we do this, 
See, I would start there. Yeah. That's and that's still, what about, that's about 10 seconds, maybe? Uh, I would think something like that. Yeah. One. Yeah. That's somewhere between five. About ten, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's when it's you get longer the, than you think. Yeah. But I don't think that was, that was not enough to make me fast forward. If I was listening every week, you know what I mean? It, it's, yeah, no, I, th- I, I think it's, I, I think it's somewhere around 20 or 25 seconds. I think that's kind of all you get. And you got to kind of time it. You want to catch the music in the right spot where you can start fading in it. It makes sense, right? We were all kind of, you know, on the music you just played, there's about, I don't know, there's about four kind of rhythms in there, four riffs, whatever you would call them, four movements. And you kind of, you kind of got to get through those. And then it, it makes this transition and you can start dropping the music after that where it makes sense. I think that's if, if that's a longer than 20 or 25 seconds. I think it. I think it's a little too long. Now, again, every situation is different, but don't you think? I got more music here. In this one, I would go. Welcome to the Dave and Jim Show at Dave and Jim Show. See, I'm. I'm, I'm you, you did that at about ten seconds, right? Yeah. That's yeah. Because this actually has another thing where it's a transition where we find a, a big happy music. See, then you could drop it right there, bump, 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 and then you would drop it, right? That would be the the signal. Not too much of an intro to. I think to wait all the way for that moment, I think that's too long. Yeah, that's that's because there's a lot of you know. Yeah. I mean, it's a rock and ukulele. Don't get me wrong, but you know that would be. Just makes me want to be on a beach somewhere, podcasting. <laughs> you know, drinking coffee and podcasting. How how great would that be to have a morning show that's just live from the beach? You can have a mimosa seagulls flying in just enjoy the waves crashing yeah i i'm kind of thinking as i'm as we're working through this let's let's throw that into the chat room what do you guys think but i'm thinking that somewhere between 10 and 20 seconds is kind of the right as you think about and again every situation varies um in, in your audience will ultimately decide but i think that's a pretty good guideline 10 to 20 seconds i know jay moore has i like his show but his intro makes no sense mm-hmm. at all. It's it starts off with uh, a guy from the Michael Jordan underwear commercial, and he goes, "Hey man!" And then it's a clip from um, Stripes. There's something very wrong here. And then there's another clip from another thing, and then some. It, it's just a montage, and then it goes into Van Halen, and I'm like, mm-hmm. and it's just the whole time I'm like, that, it, it just to me sounds like. Jay's favorite clips. It probably was one big inside joke, you know? Yeah, yeah, probably, probably was. And for him, you know, if that's what you like, again, I think the consistency is key. Once you've got it going and your audience, you've gathered your audience. Don't, don't change that very much. Keep it fairly consistent. I had a, I had a big guest on this week, uh, the founder of, uh, of a company called ready NAS, and they were a big deal back, uh, early 2010, they sold to Netgear, and he, this was his third startup. And, Super good guy. He's an engineer, and he's just really, 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 really smart. I was a little intimidated, to be honest, with him. It's he, he was a bigger deal than I normally kind of put on the show, and I could sense myself rushing in doing things. Like I wanted to get right to the content, but I didn't want to. I I just felt like it was really, really important. Hence, I don't think I did my best work as I looked as I edited that last night. I was thinking, oh, I rushed it too much. 
I got, I went too fast to get to the content and it suffered. The quality suffered a little bit. So, you know, I was, I was a little disappointed. Now they were both the, he was, he had a great time and told me at the end of the show, do I get to come back? I mean, I didn't even, I didn't even have to ask. He was just like, do I get to come back? And I'm like, yeah, when you guys have an important announcement, we'd love to have you, you know, back on the program. But I felt a little pressure to get to the content too fast. And I think, I think the, the, you know, the rhythm suffered. And so I think you got to be careful of that too. Well, that's the fun part of, of doing a live show. Cause usually there's a little chit chat at the beginning of a live show. Cause you're, you just met this right. guy and you're like, right. blah, 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 blah. And sometimes that might get cut out in post, depending on how you feel about that. Yeah. And you can't just jump. I mean, you can just jump right to the meat and potatoes, but that's kind of like, you know, you, it's, you're not warming up your guests depending on how well, he had been on 20 minutes ahead of time. And we, I'd kind of warmed him up. Nice. So we were there and I knew I had a ton of content. We wanted to cover kind of the history of the NAS product as he saw it. And then we wanted to talk about their new product going forward. As it was, we went a full hour and 20 minutes. So it wasn't like I needed the chit chat to, to get us content. Um, so it was really, really important. We got started and we got moving and it, it was really my goal just to ask questions and then let him talk. Cause I had interviewed him in advance mm -hmm. and it heard some of the stories and I was like, okay, stop, 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 stop. I want to hear these again, but I want to hear them fresh. So let's, can, can we redo them again? These are really, really good. And so, um, he, and he took a little while to warm up on the show, but once he got going, man, he was super, he was dynamite. Now you gotta be nerdy. I mean, it's definitely a niche audience right. at that point. We're talking about storage and stuff, but man, I, it was, I had a good time and uh, it was a lot of fun. Well, one of the things I wanted to ask, I, I, I've been seeing, it's kind of a weird thing where on one hand you have people like me saying podcasting is easy. I don't know if I ever say it's easy, but there, there's a learning curve there. But once you get going, it's probably not as hard as you think it is. It's usually it's, it's not as hard as you, it's, you know, it's not as hard as you think it is, but it's not as easy as it seems. I think is my, my little catchphrase that I came up with once. Then you have other people that are saying, no, no, it's really, really hard. And that's why you need to hire me to help you get over the, the humps. And the, the one thing that I was kind of like, I'm, I'm not buying this thing, is I'm starting to see more and more people explain how hard it is to get into iTunes. Like I'm not, you know, I, I would start a podcast, but it's super hard to get into iTunes. And I was like, now this one, and that's where I wanted to ask you, Mike, am I too close to the forest here to, to see the trees? Cause I'm like, I don't really think it's that hard. And I, I thought about all the forms we fill in. If you go to the doctor, you've got to fill in blah, blah, blah. If you uh, apply for a job, you've got to know the last five places you live. That was always a fun one. Like, or what was the address of your high school? And you're like, what? But we all fill out these forms. And that's really all t getting into iTunes is. Yes, you need artwork. Uh, you need an episode. But but once you have those, all you have to do is fill out a form about your show. It's like, what, what category does this closest fit into? Yes, iTunes categories are horrendous. There's nothing close to what you really, really need. But pick the closest one. And if you want to, you can pick a second or third. And then it's going to ask you, well, what's your show about? If you can't answer that question, if that's too hard, Mm, I'm not, not sure about that one. And, um, and then from there, it's copy and paste. You know, you need an iTunes ID, which means you have to remember your password, which I realized that's really a stickler. I mean, it sounds weird, but, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't log into iTunes. I don't log in and out of iTunes enough. So I'm always logged into iTunes and to where if somebody said, what's my password? I'm like, it's either one of four 
but I don't know exactly what my iTunes login is. Uh, now I log in to mine all the time because I'm always in and out of Podcast Connect. But um, I don't think it's hard to get into iTunes. I think sometimes people are making it harder than than we think. I don't know. Is they, they haven't changed it, have they? I mean, it is literally like five things and submit, and it checks your RSS feed, and then you're there. Like I think there's a there might even be like a um, uh, um, a myth or a legend about it out there we're like oh it's so hard because it's so important and you're like um no actually i've submitted dozens of podcasts to itunes and it takes about three minutes and i don't even it's not even the the, the thought is okay which which id do i use that's probably the hardest part is like oh. okay which apple id do i use to make sure because we've got them on and I'm, i've screwed this up by the way i'm hoping I know like you, I'm hoping someday they give us the ability to move ID around, IDs around because I've submitted Gallup podcasts under my Apple ID and they're stuck there. Yeah. I'm like, crap. Now I plan to be a Gallup forever, but it, it you know, right. it's just one of those moments that you're That's kind of crap. <laughs> yeah. If you want your podcast, guys. You can't you fire me. I own all the podcasts. <laughs> uh, like pod what? Yeah. So it's. I don't know. I just was like, I really don't think it's that hard. Now, here's the one, and I swear I'm making a, if, if I can this weekend, I am making a tutorial on artwork because that's the one that throws people because they don't want to pay to have artwork created. I get that. And just saying, go to Canva, it's free, is not enough. Because when I tell somebody, oh, yeah, it's, it's got to be 1,400 by 1,400, and it's got to be less than 500 kilobytes, I might as well have said, may I moo moo dog face with a banana patch. Steve Martin, nice reference. <laughs> Love that. I wonder how many people actually know what album that is from. That's like 1978. Good work, Dave. <laughs> wow. With the banana patch. Um, Sometimes yeah. I get really small. <laughs> <laughs> and so I want to make uh, a tutorial that would be free on YouTube of how to, uh, how to make something. I, I really like Adobe Spark. Canva's okay. There's another one called Stencil. And then the fun thing is it's the 500 kilobits thing that, that I had somebody yesterday. They had a, uh, artwork was 3,000 by 3,000, and their artwork was six megs. I'm like, well, for the record, you are 12 times the size that your artwork should be. So, well, there's I, there's two things to artwork though. There's artistic ability. Let's that that you can't fake. Well, yeah. Like you can have all the tools in the world. If you don't have the artistic ability, you're going to struggle with it. And then the two is the mechanics behind it. So just getting the kilobytes right and the you know the, the layers and all that stuff doesn't doesn't. I mean, it, I think it's I think it's really important going to pay for anything get that art paid for the rest of it you can cover with yeah. free tutorials and figure stuff out you can't fake art it just looks it looks good or it doesn't it and so if you're going to pay for it and if you're going to pay for anything pay for the art i've done it twice where i've gone through and i went into canva and i made a, a piece of artwork and i'm like you know what this this isn't bad it's not okay and then i send it over to a graphic artist and they come back i'm like oh wow this is just so much Million times better. Yeah, it's like million times. Well, it's it really depends. And there, but there are some people like, look, I can't afford sixty dollars for a piece of artwork. Check check at the local high school, yeah, and their art class, and meet the art teacher and say, hey, I've got this podcast, and I'd like to give some recognition to somebody who has really good graphic arts design, and they can I'll put it on my site. We'll give them credit for it. Let's swap services. I bet you will find a high school student who's really gifted and really talented who for a swap, whatever, for so that he has something in his in his portfolio will will do the art. That's that's what I did. I'm you know, God man, it was great. 
So you don't always have to pay for it. Sometimes you have to seek it out. A lot of times you have to wait for it. It's going to take a while to get it, but you know, give it a try. Try the local high school. Yeah. Cause there are times when I will have somebody, um, churches, especially not to pick on churches, but it's, you know, it's the secretary or somebody who's, who's trying to set this up and you say, yeah, your artwork is 72 by 56 and it needs to be 1400 by four. She has no idea what I'm talking about. No. No. And that's where I'm like, this is, and I always say, tell your graphic person. And then they email back and go, I don't have a graphic person. And I'm like, then you need one. So you're going to pay for it in time or money, right? That's what you say all the time, time or money. Yeah. Cause Canva has a ton of tutorials. You can be really versed in Canva. It's like, but you know, it's, uh, you know, it's just amazing when you find the talent and they create that for you and you just go, wow. You know, um, if you, if you're going to go that route, you know, don't just limit it to the album art. Ask for, I, I, I would ask for all the various Twitter you know, I'm going to need Twitter. I'm going to need one for Facebook. I'm going to need one for Instagram. You know, I'm going to need one for Eventbrite. If that's something that you use, I'm going to need some, you know, and they all have different, you might want to get a screensaver one. I've never thought of doing this, but of, you know, letting your listeners, nobody uses screensavers anymore, but it may be a background. Like, right. you know, maybe, maybe somebody could, um, you know, you could create a background that they could download and put on their screen if they're, if they're engaged that way. All those take different sizes and all of them, all the fonts have to be, you know, appropriate for their sizes. So make sure you're asking for all those appropriate pieces of art. If you're having it done once, have them do them all. Yep. Because to me, bare minimum, get your artwork and then get a header for your image, a header for your image. That makes a lot of sense. A header for your website. So because that'll to me, a good header will make you can take a standard WordPress theme, put a good header at the top of it and you you're like, okay, good to go. Black and white, and I got a cool header at the top. Hey, we got to give a shout out to uh, Colton Nessie, who is turning two today. So happy birthday, Colton. And uh, he says, uh, this, he's two. Uh, Chris says he seriously loves podcasts and refers to Chris's, Chris Nessie's iPad as daddy's podcast. So that's awesome. Nice. That's nice. going to be interesting to see what Colton does in 10 years, you know, 12 years, whatever. He's got something to say now because at that point you'll be, I don't know, podcasting into your wrist or something. And it would be fun to you see. Just hear it. You just hear it in your ear. No one else will, but it'll just, it'll just play. Well, hold on a second. Let me turn things down. And then you have to, you'll have to call your head, but you, it'll have a, you know, have a name. Betsy, turn down my, <laughs> something. I don't know. You'll be able to name your, your Amazon device. Well, that happened to me uh, last, uh, yeah, uh, well, Thursday night when I was podcasting. Uh, my device is the is the one that starts with the letter E. That's what we call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, the, the product that they have, this Morrow Data that we were interviewing, they have a product that has that same exact name. And of course, uh, you know, the Echo is listening. I had the volume up a little bit, didn't realize it. And he said that word, and man, she came on, and then. Like, I, I don't know what you mean or whatever, whatever right. she says. And they all laugh. They thought that was the funniest thing that, uh, that the device, the Amazon device had kicked in. But, but, um, so you got, I, it's always a reminder, man, you got to mute those devices. If you're going to have them out in the open, you got to mute those devices before you listen. And well, this kind of what led me to what I was talking about before. And I forgot to copy the person's name, but somebody in a Facebook group asked this question. How did you prepare for your first podcast? Were you nervous? Did you practice on other platforms? Shit, I've done, I've done 600 podcasts and I just admitted I was nervous Thursday, you know, it depends on the guest. Yeah. 
you know, I, you, I think everybody's nervous the first time. I don't know anybody who drops into this thing. Like I got this, you know, <laughs> okay. I got this. I'm that good. No, I think everybody's nervous the first time. I think it's good. I think nervousness is good. Yeah. I it mean, it keeps you sharp. It's the fear of the unknown. You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, I, for me, I just had some notes in front of me. I hit record. I recorded it, listened to it back, deleted it and recorded it again. It was like, it was awful. It was, you know, and even now I listen to it now and I'm like, I have no energy. It's just, ugh. you know, the, the very first uh, musician cyber cooler. Oh, they're awful. They're off, awful. Starts off with some rap song, but, and that's where I just thought, are we overthinking this? Mm-hmm. You know, cause it's, it just seems like I, the word launch now is starting to make me vomit in my mouth. Just, just a little bit because I hear so much about it. I had somebody this week, it was almost like a unicorn where you hear about people doing this and then you go, wow, this really happens. And she was actually, she had sent an email into to Libsyn. And for those of you who are new, I work for Libsyn. I do tech support and she wanted to know how to rebrand her show. And then she was going to, she wanted to import from one account to another. And I said, well, are you just changing the pictures in the description or are you starting a new show or what's going on? And she says, oh, I want to restart my show because I didn't get into new and noteworthy. So she was literally going to just throw everything she'd done away, restart her show with a new name and new artwork, same topic, but just start over again. And I was, so I sent her to good old new and noteworthy.info and said, Hey, just so you know, new and noteworthy is not all that it's, it's crapped up to be, but it was again, this, this whole theory of how my podcast should go. I'm going to have this big launch, which will lead to this to lead to that. And, and I just, Although I, I do like the idea of doing a little mini series first, that's not going to get a lot, you know, that gets all that crap out of you, like do seven or eight. And, you know, she didn't intend to do that, but she yeah. didn't, you know, it probably wasn't very good and it didn't attract a big audience. And chances are the second one isn't either, <laughs> but, you know, but, but I do like that idea of just get going, do some things. You know, what really helped me is I was just a guest on somebody else's show for a year. Yeah. And I, I kind of got all that, those jitters for the most part out. Now it's still, the first one still sucked because you don't have a rhythm yet. You don't have, you know, you're still trying to establish yourself, but, but I, I don't, I do think there's some, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of um, credibility to doing a five or a seven part series, getting some of that stuff figured out, then ditch it, you know, just don't, don't worry about iTunes and new noteworthy and all that other stuff. Just ditch it then start your podcast. And I think you'd be better off. Yeah. I know uh grammar girl was her second podcast. Uh, Loria Petrucci. Yeah. She's had a couple, couple different rebrands of, of uh, Veronica Belmont. She's, she's got a new one. She's working with Mozilla, you know, the Firefox folks and IRL, I think is her new, we had just had her on our show and she was just getting ready to launch that. It's actually very different than everything she's done in the past. It's kind of focusing on, on, on web security and, and, you know, uh, identification and bots and some of those really nerdy topics on the web being safe on the web. So I think she's three episodes in maybe four. It's really good. It's very different than a lot of the stuff she's done in the past. So she has a new one. I I think IRL is what it stands for. I don't Hmm. know what it stands for, but I think it's, it's a new one. So yeah, you never, it's, it's good. It's good to start things different. You learn some stuff and you get tired. I mean, 
<laughs> just this morning, Dave, you and I were like, okay, same things in the Facebook group. Like, what really do we have to talk about? That's not a rehashing. You know, how much longer can we do this? You know, you think it's just the same stuff. Yeah, I uh, um, I saw where somebody was talking about Reaper.fm as a hmm. alternative to audacity they're like i need a free program and that was this person was even asking should i buy a microphone and that was one where i was kind of like you don't have to spend a thousand dollars but if you're gonna if your hobby is frisbee you have to buy the frisbee you can't do it all for for free uh unless you want to make one out of paper mache but then you got to buy the paper i mean it's it's not you got to spend some money and uh so i thought about well maybe i should go look at reaper and that's where i was kind of like do i what am I really going to learn if I go down that rabbit hole? That's something I'm trying to do a better job at is uh, I I spent a lot of time this year looking at free hosting companies that I'm not going to recommend because they're free. You know, it's like, yep, they're free. Yep. They have stats and yes, they pretty much, but I'm like, I I still don't like that business model. And I don't, you know, I can say if you really, really, really don't want to spend any money, here's a way to do it. But you know, don't yell at me in 14 months when they go out of business. Speaking of going out of business. Yeah. So like, so everybody knows, or most people probably know by now, SoundCloud has been, had, you know, their stay of, have they had a stay of execution, right? So they're, they're, they're funded maybe for another year or whatever. But I saw a note in the Facebook group again, like, I just heard that, you know, should I be worried about this? Like, I'm like, how can you miss, how can you be a part of these communities and miss some of those things? And, you know, yeah, you're just like, wow, we've been talking about this for, for two and a half, three years. How do you miss that? So I guess the point is people come in in all places and it's sometimes in a, you know, the, the, the podcasting space has matured quite a bit. And, um, so we get frustrated with that, but we have to remember there were days when we were there. Yeah. You know, the, the, the thing that does frustrate me a little bit though, is, you know, people ask these questions and we've, they've been well-documented in other places. Just go read those things. Like they would prefer to have a really crappy thread on Facebook of arguing versus just going out to some reputable sites that, or that have it all consolidated for them already. Just read it, read it and follow it type thing, you know, just do that. But man, these conversations go on. And I I feel like sometimes we confuse them more than we help them. You know, what's the best hosting? Go. By the way, that word go on Facebook, I just want to slap people when they <laughs> I, do, I do not know why that bothers me so much. But when they say go, I just want to <laughs> crack. Um, I, I don't know why that bothers me. It just really does. No, but no. best hosting, right? And then you're, and then it, it's going to be Podbean, Spreaker, Lipsyn, Blueberry. And then an argument about that. I don't know. I don't know if that helps anybody. Yeah. There's, you know? a, there's a whole thing today about does Libsyn control your feed? And I was like, really? Are we going to go there? So I went over and I threw in my screenshot. I'm like, here's where you can redirect your feed. You know, it's like, you know, and if you, you know, yes, Blueberry and PowerPress are a great example. But if your website gets hacked, then you don't control your feed. Here we go again. I also, I need some like hoedown music. Like hee haw, ding, 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 ding. It doesn't even matter if you podcast about it; they're not going to listen to it. Yeah, and uh, so it's um. Well, Daniel made a great point. Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacity to Podcast dot com. We did a uh, a podcasters roundtable talking about discovery to, a little bit about it, 
in, in the fact that like there was a guy on that was actually getting decent numbers in Spotify and things of this nature. And Daniel made a great point. It, the problem with discovery is it takes effort, right? You have to go, if I want to go find a really good podcast, I'm going to have to probably look a couple different places to do it. And so when you say, you know, I can make this, uh, we, whatever the one's called podcasting something, but, but uh, I forget the guy's name, but he has like a, almost like a wiki of all the, here's, here's the best microphone. Here's you. Charles, you, right? You're is that Charles. who you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. Do you uh, need a mixer or not? Um, who are recommended? I mean, all that stuff is there. You just, like you said, you have to read it. Yeah. And, he, he put a ton of effort into that too. He did. And uh, so it's one of those things where, I mean, there's, there's a reason why there's the acronym. If you work in tech support where it's, uh, you know, RT, what is it? Uh, RTFM. Uh, read the uh, manual and uh, nobody, you know, it's nobody likes to do that. It's, yeah. Yeah. How long does it take for a new show to show up in Stitcher? Like a, a search of the Facebook group, you're going to probably find that and find the answer in, in about two minutes, you know, but it, uh, anyway, we should stop. We should stop whining about that. Dave. <laughs> One of the, I've been watching a video series, uh, a vlog, so to speak on YouTube that just absolutely is getting flamed. And I, I can't figure out why they've been attracted to this couple. A very nice couple. They're building this home in, in Washington State. It's off-grid. You know, off-grid's off gotten real popular lately. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be off the grid. And, Dave, when we think about trolls, this is, this is a topic that doesn't get old either. But, but um, when we think about trolls, I have, and they, they've chose not to. I've, I've watched a couple different people handle this. Some just never allow them to post on their site, right? And this is this is the camp I'm in. Every single comment that hits any of my properties gets reviewed by me. And if I don't like it, I don't post it. And that's, if that you call that censorship, then the, it's censorship. That's just the way I, I'm not going to create that kind of, right? They allow the conversation to go on and it is brutal in there. And YouTube is particularly bad about this, right? I think that's probably the best place. But Dave, when you think about advice for trolls and, you know, we always know just don't respond to them or don't engage in a flaming conversation because that's the, that's, you never win. But what, where do you fall in? What kind of advice do you give the listeners as they're thinking about trolls? Um, let it happen. Don't let it happen. What, what camp do you fall into? Well, I've done, I've done the thing where somebody has emailed me and said, you're a piece of caca and you should go to H-E double hockey stick and try to keep things clean here. And I emailed them back and said, I'm sorry you feel this way. Can we get on Skype and talk about this? I would like to learn more about your perspective. And that was always interesting because some people will do it. And then some people will just, you know, email back more explicitives. Explicitives. Did I make up a new word? Um, I think so. And, uh, so, um, on my website, that's a good one because I have a, uh, I have a couple websites with threads that go a little crazy on it. And I'm with you. I usually monitor it. Number one, because 80% of the stuff I get on any website, it's rare that I get a comment. That's not, this is, this content is good or, or this content good is, and you are recommended of great person that, you are. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you're not next, you know, and then, and then you click on their link and it's some Viagra page or whatever that I always want to go. Why are they, you know, is that working? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I think it's just best to delete it. 
I, I can't, I can't imagine allowing, and yeah, if you have a real popular show, you, you may, if you have to approve everything, you may have a problem. Now, most of us don't, right? I think most of us can probably handle the traffic that we do get, but I, I think it's smartest just to approve everything. And, and that doesn't mean you have to only let the glowing compliments through, which is what I do, by the way. But I, I, I think it is smart to let the trolls just stay quiet. Let them, don't let them in. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever had any actual, like, 100% I hate everything troll. Usually anything negative is somewhat kind of constructive. You know, not just like, you're an idiot, blah, blah, blah. It's usually like, well, I always thought this was something. Some, it's, it's kind of almost a discussion, and that's why I don't agree with you. And that's the stuff I love. I'm like, oh, cool. Let's, let's have a debate in, in that whole nine yards. Yeah. So. But you haven't, had a, you haven't had a flamer come in and just try and light you up? No, I think the only time I've done that is, and we were talking about this this morning, this was, and probably two years ago, uh, where I, I did a school of podcasting. And at the time I was doing a show called Feeding My Faith and I played a 30 second clip of it. And uh, he emailed me back and said, I didn't tune in to hear about your invisible sky buddy. And uh, that, that went into a whole conversation of, it was the interesting thing about that was it was the atheist that came to my aid. They said, no, 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 no. It's America. You, you, you do your little invite, you do your sky buddy thing. You know, it was, uh, but that was, um, you know, that was really the only quote, like super negative, like don't, don't bring that crap around here kind of thing. And I was like, okay. Well, the, the trolls I've, I've seen recently, they get, they show up every, to every, uh, video in these vlogs. That's it. And they get, they get indignant that the, the, the hosts won't listen to them. Like, I told you, because I've, I've been watching a lot of how-to kind of videos and stuff, you know, or vlogs. I told you last week if you didn't, you know, in these things, and it, it kind of like, you know, we're not in any obligation to follow your advice that you post on, on, on you know, YouTube or whatever. And it, it's, it's almost like it, these, these folks just get, and then it's just, they just pound it week after week. Oh, he doesn't listen anymore. And I, you know, I don't, I don't know why. And I almost want to say, why are, so why do you keep coming back? Like, what is it? I've, I've watched this on this vlog. I've watched probably, I don't know, about 15 or 20 weeks of it now. And they, they post a couple a week. So, you know, there's probably 50 videos in there that I've watched and there's one or two guys. I, I don't, they could be gals who are just indignant that these people don't listen. Oh, they're hard headed and they don't listen to us. And I'm like, so why are you still coming? I mean, and I've seen these comments just as recent as this week. And they've been saying this for 10 or 12 weeks in a row. So it's interesting, this personality that wants to have this input and will just relentlessly beat you in the comments thinking, you know, you should listen to me. And if you don't, I'm going to just blast you in social media. It's just, it's an interesting dynamic. I thought those people would have left. I saw a great graphic once on, I think it was Facebook or something like this. It said, you listen every week, you hang on my every word. You're a fan. <laughs> you're just, you, you know, isn't that the definition of a fan? And yet you're, you, you do it to sit there and go, you're wrong. You're an idiot. That was the worst thing you could ever say. Uh, Daniel in the chat room says he got somebody, I think YouTube, it's more of the culture over there. I just was listening to a little bit of uh, the latest uh, Cliff Ravenscraft show. And he was saying how he's, Cliff has been doing a lot of stuff on Facebook and somebody was giving him crap because, uh, Cliff is a, a uh, professed Christian and yet he spends thousands of dollars on equipment. And somebody's like, look, couldn't you like feed the poor with that camera? And so he was commenting on that. 
and he's and he said this came from YouTube. And Daniel in the chat room is saying that. And when I listen to Alex Axum on uh, the Spreaker live show, it sounds like YouTube is a little more. You know, I think because you can be anonymous over there to a certain extent, right? No. Well, no. yes and no. Okay. I think it's gotten a lot less anonymous. Right. But I'm noticing people, they don't care. They got a picture. It's their account. They're blasting and they don't care if it's anonymous. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I mean, it, it's just blatant blasting. I was talking with, uh, talking, I was slacking with Mike Dell uh, because we're both in the same boat. I do customer support for Lipson. He does customer support for Blueberry. And we occasionally will let the other team know, hey, we're sending somebody your way. Because they're like, that's it. I'm going to Blueberry. And we're like, don't let the door hit you on the way. And like, hey, Mike, keep an eye out. And he's done the same thing for me. And I said, it's always interesting how people are 10 feet tall and, and, and bulletproof in, in text. And I, because uh, Blueberry offers phone support. He goes, yeah, he goes, they kind of calm down a little bit, a little bit when you get them on the phone. Because it takes, now you're, now you're talking to a person. You're not just, you know, even though you know you're, there's a person reading the email, I think people tend to be a little more uh, aggressive with their hate uh, on YouTube and email and things like that because you, you're not having to look at the person's face. If it was face-to-face, I guarantee you that people would really, really, there's all sorts of things you can do face-to-face as well to uh, get people to chill out. Like one of the things, if somebody's really, like they're in your face and they're yelling at you, all you have to do is talk in a softer voice. And it, what it does is it amplifies how louder they are than you. And sometimes if people realize you're using techniques on them, that makes them even louder. <clears throat> Ex-wife. Uh, then, uh, so, yeah. um, but it's always fun. Oh, well, it's a, it's a, I, I think it's something we have to deal with. And, you know, in the how-to space, which is what you guys are, I think we all kind of are, well, this is why we do this. You're going to have those negative trolls that come out and, and Frank in the chat room says he has an amateur amateurish podcast on mental health uh, reform on Spreaker. First, no one listens to it. <laughs> and second, no one would seem to be against mental health reform. Well, say the wrong thing to the wrong person. Uh, they, they certainly can be against it. And Frank, it's too bad. No one listens to it. Get, uh, get that word out there. So that's some important stuff. But I think no matter what you do, you're always going to find a contrarian who's going to be super negative and how you choose to deal with that contrarian is super important. And I think the earlier you are in the podcasting timeline, if you're brand new to it, you just want to fight back and you go, you come out guns blazing and that never, that almost never ends well. And you know, you got to holster those, holster those pistols. And, and like you said, I think just kind of wait through it or I just don't even let it on. We had some, we posted an article at work, and it was going to be very controversial. And I just stopped comments. I was just like, oh, we're not interested in dialoguing on this at this point in time. And I think that's okay. Yeah. I, uh, I would also say when you first start off, I don't know that it, to me, it's a badge of honor when you get your first one-star review or things like it. To me, it takes a while. I remember I did a, uh, I went through all my uh, podcast reviews. I think I was using my podcast reviews at schoolpodcasting.com slash NPR. And uh, cause you can see how many five stars and one stars. And it was something like, 0.012% of my comments were actually negative. You know, now those are the ones we obsess over, but I, I it still hurts, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it still hurts. I mean, even like, at 0.01, it still hurts. You get that and you're like, ouch. Yeah. Um, hey, before I forget, holy cow, do you realize it's 1115? It flies by. Um, 
want to say thanks to all of our, our patrons, our awesome supporters. If you go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. Uh, so this would include awesome people like Max Trescott from, oh, and I don't have that sheet up. You know what? Let's talk about that in a second, shall we, Dave? Or uh, uh, Jim? Yeah. All right, we can just wait till it pulls up the sheet. You want to you bring that sheet up? And, and so what you do, you have a separate sheet because Patreon doesn't necessarily have all the information you need. You've put that in another sheet and then added the information to it, right? Yeah. So like when I talk about Max, he's at aviationnewstalk.com. We want to talk about Josh Liston, who does, uh, you know what? He, uh, forget it. He's at uh, the Podcaster Survival Guide. Find him at tpsguide.org. Josh Rivers from Creative Studio. You can find him at creativestudio.academy. And of course, the one and only Glenn the Geek from horseradionetwork.com. So if you, we have more people. If you go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome, different levels get you different mentions, but uh, it helps keep the lights on here and, and helps feed Bernie and everything else. So How is Bernie? Bernie doing all right? Bernie's doing fine. I, I actually left the door open. I'm in a weird thing here. It's actually about 75 degrees outside, but my upstairs apartment is always five degrees hotter than what it is outside. So I have the air on. It's not really coming on, but it's one of those things. And plus, um, you can tell in the video, the sun is coming in my window. So this room gets baking. That's one thing. If I had to do again, I think I would swap these out. I'm rarely in my bedroom. All I do is I sleep in it. And I would put this, all my equipment, in the bigger room. And here's the thing you don't think about. Uh, my monitors are almost always on, even when I'm not in the room. I always forget to turn them off. I've got a PC going. I've got a mixer going. And things like, and when you crank all this stuff up, there's a lot of heat coming out of this stuff when you're in a really tiny space. And um, so there are times, I mean, I've got a big giant fan over here and I got another one over there. Um, so when the air's not on, I have that going on, but that doesn't, you know, it doesn't work when, if I were to turn this on now, we'll have a lovely windstorm. And so all of a sudden Dave's talking and it's just, <laughs> you know, it's like that, that, okay, we're not going to get a windstorm, but um, so that's something I think it would change. It's It's one of those things where, your, uh, you think it would make sense. Oh, we have this little cubby hole, this den. This would be perfect for a little office. And it gets a little toasty in here. So it's weird. Yeah, so my, my you down forget all that equipment creates heat, right? Yeah. You got to have it well ventilated. So my downstairs is always freezing uh, when I go down there to eat. And because it has to be like, if, it, as soon as it hits 82, I start sweating. I, I know that because I have a little thermometer on my wall. Because I'm always like, what is the temperature in here? And when I hit 82, I start sweating. 80, I'm okay with. 82 is like, no, no, let's go hit. We got to back down the air or something like that. So. I, I have found those little tower fans work really well in the studio because they use smaller fans on the inside. So they're not as loud. Mm -hmm. So they might have five or six of the small fans in them and they'll rotate. Those make great studio. You almost never hear those. And so if you're in a studio and you're having trouble with heat, we always have trouble in the spring and fall because the outside temperature is very close to the inside temperature, which means the air conditioner or the heater doesn't run as much. Right. It's not moving as much air, and so it gets stuffy. I've created an enclave of electronic equipment that's around me. You can't see any of it, but it's all – well, yeah, I guess you can see some of it right there. You, uh, It gets warm, and so uh, it gets a little uncomfortable after a while. I was watching Mike Murphy – uh, he's down in Florida. It's always hot down there. And he his air is right next to him. So he shuts it off during a show. I was watching him record with um, Ross. Um, oh, it's Ross's last name. I can't believe I've from yeah. live, live stream stars. Yeah. And uh, Mike was just sweating towards the end of the show. He was just, he was getting, you know, and you're like, Mike, just turn on the air, man. Yeah. <laughs> just turn it on. You're killing me. But uh, it can get, it can get warm in the studio. It's good to have good ventilation. You know what's cool about Mike Murphy? Mike Murphy is a guy, he was at PodFest two years ago. 
he's been in every one, but two, but two years ago, he came on stage and it was me and Glenn and Danny and a couple other people that we could kind of give him, I, I think they called the podcast mechanic or tune up or something like that. So he asked a bunch of questions and he's a super nice guy, but he's, he's not, what's the word? He appeared timid at the time. He's, he's kind of a quiet guy, little guy. Paul. And if you go back and listen to his first couple episodes and listen to the ones now, just the confidence you hear in his voice is, at least to me, it seems massively different. He seems much more confident just talking. Because before he was kind of like, well, if you want to listen to me, you know, I'm just a one-man band. Now he's like, no, come join my one-man band, and I'm going to help yeah. you do this and that. And it's uh, So that's where one of the side effects, I think, of podcasting is that you can uh, – it does. It boosts your confidence. After a while, you're kind of like, hey, I, I, maybe I do know what I'm talking about. Or I've learned all this stuff gathering this information about this topic so that you do know what you're talking about. He, he, um, his content is well thought out, too. I, I don't, he never comes to a podcast unprepared. He, he has a script. It's wet. It's well thought out. He is not, he is not shooting from the hip. Winging it. Yeah, he definitely, I mean, his content is really, really good. So if you've, uh, Mike Howard says he kind of lost track of him. We used to all hang out with him on Blab. Yeah. And so um, I, I, I kind of lost track of him a little bit too. He, he shows up on my podcast player. He's kind of a Mac guy. So I kind of ignore some of his stuff, but um, he's, I'm going to, we're going to see him at PodFest or podcast <laughs> movement. Sorry. We're going to see him at podcast movement here in a week and uh, pretty excited. Dave, we're like two weeks away, right? That's it. I actually went through, uh, and this will probably be a rerun, um, Conference, Conference Topia. What? Yes, conferencetopia.com. It's uh, Michael O'Neill who does the Solopreneur Hour. And he has a free course. Now, it's a free course, of course, because he's then going to ask you to buy his other course that's not free. But it's just insights into how to get the most out of a conference. And one of the things he said, you should work on your six-word intro, which is, I'm Dave Jackson. My podcast is blank, where I help blank these people do blank. So my mine might be, I help people with a message, you know, uh, publish it to their, syndicate it to the world kind of thing. Um, he said, you should be able to do that. And he had some really good tips. He was talking about if you're, he was talking about always including other people in your conversation. So if somebody's standing behind me and I'm talking to Jim and I look over and I'm like, Oh yeah. And Jim, uh, this is Daniel J. Lewis. He does the audacity of the podcast. Uh, and then you guys can know, okay. Blah, 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 blah. And then I can say, and this is Jim Carlson. He does the average guy.tv. He says, if you know your friends and how to introduce them, it just helps the whole thing go on as opposed to, Oh, Hey, what's going on, Daniel. And then there's this weird, you know, non-introduction kind of thing. So it's, it's, uh, it's really quick. It's, it's, he's got four quick lessons, but it was free. And I like Michael O'Neill. So I want to watch that. And some great tips on uh, how to get into stuff. Like there's a, um, Oh, uh, content marketing, something it's in Cleveland. It's mortgage your house kind of money to get into this thing. And he said, what you ought to do is just go to the website, see where the after parties are and go to the after parties. And I'm like, that's a good idea. So, because I know Rob's going to be in town, Rob Walsh from Libsyn, and I just need to ask him. I'm like, where are the after parties at, buddy? Yeah, go and we'll go work during the day, and then and then uh, do the after parties at night. Yeah. And he talked That's about how if you wanted to go, it's a little late now for podcast movement, but you can, in some cases, just be a volunteer. 
because there are people there to, you know, check people in and things like that. But once that's done, you're kind of just like, okay, you know, you might have to go fill some water or whatever it is. But again, a lot of the really cool stuff happens after, you know, five o'clock. It's all the networking afterwards and things like that. And I know um, Kim from uh, Toastmasters 101, she was a, uh, a volunteer for podcast movement last year. And what was really cool is she said, they went around to the different volunteers and said, are there any sessions that you really wanted to attend? And so, you know, people I'd really, and so they try to make it so that you could attend those sessions. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. It sounded like they really get your volunteers to, yeah, that's a great idea. If you can make it out, if you can make it work. Yeah. Content marketing world is Jay bears conference, which is, I thought it was a different guy in Cleveland. Cause I remember I asked him to be on my show and he's one of the few people that have said, no, no, thank you. It's kind of, you know who you are. And I was like, okay. Cause I'm right here. I'm like right down the street. Um, cause he has a, it's really that at least his book was really meant for marketing companies, not so much marketing people as how to handle multiple clients. And it was a kind of a different thing, but, um, yeah, it's a lot of money. I just remember that. I remember looking at it going, oh, cool. This is right down the street. I'll go. And I was like, no, I'm not. Um, speaking of a lot of money, um, here's a fun one. Getfeatured.com, where um, they will match you up with podcasters. And they have a whole bunch of people on the front page that, um, you know, and for 10 targeted podcast shows, how much would you pay, Jim? Don't look yet. How much would you pay to be on 10 podcasts? hundred bucks. hundred bucks. 10 bucks a, po- a show. 10 bucks a show. I'm sorry. You've underbid. Uh, try again. Plus here's the other thing you're going to get identifying the perfect show. They're going to create a custom design bio page for you. They're going to do the pitching to the host. They're going to coordinate times and details. Um, they're going to prepare you for each interview and they're going to develop your story and your call to action as well as promote on social network to 80,000 people. That, yeah, that, that, man, that's some value. I'm, I'm, I'm blocking the screen so I can't see it. $4.99. I'm sorry, you've underbid. Uh, $9.99. I'm sorry, you've underbid. Oh, man, I'm, I'm out. I don't know. <laughs> $5,500. Holy shit. Yeah, that's what I said. Yikes. Now, if you want 16, it's $7,200. Uh, if you want 24, it's $8,400. Now, the interesting thing is, uh, they named their affiliate program Ambassadors. And the reason it's $5,500 is because that $500 is going to the affiliate. Hmm. Which is over, actually, when I think about it, that's not even, that's a little not under. Too bad. Not too bad. Uh, but they do have some interesting things. If you want to go to uh, Hamilton, um, all you need is 100 referrals and you get a private box for the Emmys. Um, Sometimes you got to spend money to make money. And if, if, it's, if it's laid out right. Yeah. Ooh, a pop-up as soon as I move my mouse yeah. at get featured. We had that little con that little conversation this, this is, week. This on is Facebook. one of those services that's popping up. I mean, Jessica, um oh, I'm forgetting her last name. Uh interview connections, podcast connections. Um, that's gonna drive me nuts. Um she was like really the first one. And then uh Aaron Aaron, there's another guy that that has another one that they're, they're all popping up. I will. Some people just don't want to put the work in here. Here, I'm going to put my work in. I actually have some spots for some tech guests on on gadget geeks. So if you're a listener of this show, 
and you got something to say about a tech or a gadget or whatever, love to have you on my show, Jim at the average guy TV. Dave, I'll send you a check for 5,000 bucks. <laughs> Checks in the mail. I just saw that and I was like, holy cow. Cause the other thing that's popping up of course is audio editing. I see yeah. new ones of those over and over. But that and over. can be worth it. I, I, I think if you get the right guy, like a Steve Stewart, you, you get the right, it's worth it. Yeah. Cause it's time like, or money, right? Time or money. It usually amounts to about two to $300 a month. And if you think about if you're taking two hours to do a show, that's eight hours. So eight, what's 200 divided by eight? Where's my calculator? 200 divided by eight is $25 an hour. And if you go, well, I'm worth more than $25 an hour, then get an editor. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Hey, can I throw a little hardware tip in? It's just a little geeky, nerdy. I got one. Would that work? You okay with that? So uh, this week, for whatever reason, I've gotten kind of in the last couple of weeks, we had a guy on talking about Bitcoin. And so I've been thinking a lot about mining, Bitcoin mining. Of course, that's done on the GPU for most PCs. That's the that's the video card that you have. As podcasters, of course, if we're using it, if we're doing a video podcast, um, chances are uh, we are processing that video locally on our PC. And it's not always just about the CPU, right? It's not, I have a Core i7, uh, most people in the Windows environment and on the Mac side, those come with i7s in a lot of cases. Macs are built really, really well. And so you get a lot of memory and a lot of um, a lot of uh, CPU power to begin with. But on the Windows side, if you've ever wondered, because this is, you get all the monitors for your CPU and for your memory and disk and all those things, but sometimes finding the how much you're using your GPU, in other words, are you overtaxing it when you're video processing? Because if you are, chances are an upgrade, a pretty easy upgrade, might actually make your video rendering go faster depending on the program that you're using. So in some cases, if it's taking you an hour to render an hour worth of video, you probably have an undersized video card that you might want to consider. There's a little program called um, GPU Shark. And it's actually a really e easy program to download. It's almost, it's really old school. It opens up kind of a, you know, kind of a black window with the white lettering. But uh, if you have the right CPU drivers or the right GPU drivers for your graphics card installed, it'll actually just pull it up and tell you your fan speed, uh, how hot your, your GPU is, how, um, what the megahertz it's using, how much RAM you're using on it. It's, and it could give you some troubleshooting. If you're having trouble or your video is taking a long time to edit or your CPU or your computer just seems slow, this is a great thing to open and check. Again, it's called GPU Shark. You can just go out there. They're in, they're in a, it's in a like version 0.1 at this point. And, but it's super simple and super easy to use. I've been using it for the last couple of days and it's given me some great information about my, my video card that's there. It also tell you what it is and you can kind of benchmark that against some other things. So again, if you're struggling, if video's taking a long time to render, if you're having stuttering issues with it, this GPU Shark may help you out. You just you download it's it's a it comes in a zip file you you extract the zip file to your to your desktop, then go into the the file and just click the executable. Nothing to install. It'll just open and start running. Recognize your your GPU cards and then start giving you some feedback on how fast they're running and some of those things. So a little hardware tip of the week, way to check yeah. out your GPU. And I'm assuming that's a PC only thing. It is from it is Windows. There might be a Mac version. I don't have a Mac, so I didn't look. There might be a Mac version of it. I, I didn't look, but a lot of lot of listeners I know are on Windows. 
the the GPU, Dave, is a real mystery to a lot of people. They most people understand their CPU, right? Oh yeah, I have a Core i7 running at three gigahertz or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I kind of get that part. The 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 RAM and the GPU, the processing unit for your graphics stuff, that's a little mystery to people. They're kind of like, oh, I don't know what I have. I've got a 440. What does that mean? Or I have a 1080. What does that mean? It's not intuitive. So this tool gives you kind of some idea, some feedback on how well it's doing, how well it's running. Is it running hot? One of the things I do is I kind of check the max temperature for that GPU against the manufacturer's specs on their website. Super easy. There's only two companies that make video cards, guys, ATI and NVIDIA. So if you have a video card, chances are there it's one of those. There's HD graphics that are built in by Intel. So that's not totally true. But if you have a separate card, those are only two companies making them. So um, it's good. It's good to know if you if you're having a bottleneck or you're having performance problems, it's worth a check. Maybe you need a little upgrade on your GPU and, and a little ninety nine dollar or one hundred fifty dollar upgrade will help you out. Nice. And uh, if you're mining Bitcoin, it's going to cost you a lot more than that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so Bitcoin illiterate. I need to come over and listen. We should do a little Bitcoin show. No, not here. We'll do it. We've been talking a lot about it uh, in, in our groups. So it's it's interesting conversation. How do you convert it to money? Uh, you just, there are applications. There are like Coinbase is one where they'll convert it from, you know, Bitcoin to US dollars and you can put it in a bank account. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Just think There's, of it like a foreign uh, currency. Yeah, don't, I forget don't, what I was listening to. Radio Lab had a thing about Bitcoin. Yeah, Zcash just, is what they covered. And yeah, there's that's super interesting. Called I think that one was called the ceremony. Yes. Look at you, Mr. Oh. Rapid Recall. <laughs> you are not here next week, correct? Uh yes. That, let's see, hold on. Let's double check. I think that is correct. Yes, I will be in San Diego. Okay. I have an idea of uh, I'm gonna try to get the guy from Podcasters Toolkit to come on and talk but also like i've been dying to get a demo of this thing and i'm like well we have a we and plus he wants to get in front of podcasters i'm like i should have him come on and do a quick demo maybe so to that or there are a bunch of new podcasts about podcasting i'll go grab a new host and yeah so come on the show. come on in so uh so and if and so i won't see you buddy until podcast movement yes handshake maybe even a little hug yeah maybe a little one a little one not, not nothing too <laughs> You made it awkward, man. That's all. <laughs> so we're here every Saturday. Ask the podcastcoach.com slash live. Find Jim at theaverageguy.tv. Find me at the schoolpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code listener to sign up. And uh, we'll see, I will see you next week. So everybody take care. Yeah.